I'm a handshake tater. I'm a spud with a plate. I'm a miracle that's greater day by day. I ain't your average quitter. I don't put up with golf. I'm doing the best I can. The Trump Tater. Good morning. Welcome back to the Trump Tater. I'm Jamie Rinda, and my co-host, Dallin Johnson, is home recovering from a torn ALC. Is that the right terminology? ACL. I, all these acronyms, I turned it back around. As soon as I said, I thought, that's not right. Anyway, a lot of news this morning. Last night, the Trump Tater and I went to downtown Salt Lake on Washington Square to a Trump uh, Trump rally. And uh, the Trump Tater danced to his song that we've played a couple times this week, and it was a it was a great time. We had uh, a lot of flag waving going on, and uh, not quite as many turned out as we anticipated. But there's probably four or five hundred, which I thought was a really good turnout. And so anyway, it was it was a, it was a wonderful time. The weather was perfect, and uh, just a lot of hope out there. And also, again, just another amazing day from our great president. Four rallies yesterday, maybe five. Um, do you know how many he did, Brian? No, yesterday. No, 14 in the last three days, but I'm thinking yesterday was four. I think he did uh, five on uh, Saturday, five on Sunday, and then four yesterday. But, uh, again, just so much energy and so much passion. And um, one of the things that... I really like Trump as he projects so much hope, hope in the economy, hope in each other, hope in America. Um, anyway, I just and I think that's where hope, you know, that that's the very foundation. We even see those of us who are Christian um, know that it all starts with hope, uh, hope and then comes faith and then charity. And uh, so anyway, just kind of playing on 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 that as we go on to our program, talking about race relations again. And uh, how so many of our fellow Americans, they don't have hope. They have lived in communities of despair for so long. Um, and basically a socialistic um, country. I mean, we, we definitely have, have lived in two different countries. In, in many Americans have lived in two different countries. So anyway, later on in the program, I'll get a little bit more um, thought into that. And as we go from the hope to the faith to the charity I hope that many of us are in that phase in our life that we're in the charity aspect and that we can recognize and when people are in a place in their lives where they have no hope, that it's our love and it's our compassion that will bring and give that hope to these communities that um, are missing hope in their lives and and, uh, have so much despair in their daily living. So anyway, uh, on to our hot take. there's just so many. <laughs> but I, I think, again, the hot take of the day, the Trump Tater hot take, is just how many Americans are out there rallying for our president. And I have some liberal friends that, that always post on my, my Facebook or put out different tweets or Facebook posts talking about how we're in this cult and that we all... You know, that Trump is, you know, that we're worshiping Trump. And I have to correct him. I said, it's not Trump is the man, though I think he absolutely rocks. And anybody who's ever listened to this program knows that I am a big fan of President Trump. Um, But I'm a fan of what he believes in. I'm a fan of what he stands for. I'm a fan of his willingness to fight for America. Um, So it's not, I, I, everybody I know kind of feels the same way. It's not him as an individual it's what he represents um it's what he's willing to do to fight for our freedoms for our constitution and uh, for jobs so that we so americans do have that hope and faith that life can be better uh entrepreneurship just the whole american dream i mean that's that's why there's so many hundreds of thousands of americans out every day in trump trains at trump rallies at trump um Events, um, it's it's because he projects that hope, a hope of what we want our country to be and what we that um, that we're all longing for. So it it's not Trump. I don't think anybody idolizes and put, puts Trump up on this pedestal. Uh, 
other than we're just extremely thrilled to have a leader who projects uh, the things that we believe in. So anyway, I just wanted to clarify that because oftentimes we're put into this cult-like status. And I certainly don't believe I fall into that, even though many of my family and others might. But I just wanted to clarify what it is that I love so much about President Trump. It's what he stands for. It's what he fights for. And um, so anyway, that's our Trump hot take of the day. There's a lot of things to to talk about today. And I'm going to start with Pennsylvania because everything kind of goes down to Pennsylvania. And if we win Pennsylvania or not, um, and, and Trump was there yesterday in a rally really fighting for the votes in Pennsylvania. And there's a lot of things going on in Pennsylvania right now. We have the rioting in Philadelphia. Um, but, you know, this morning we get up and it's the election. And first thing, CNN uh, shows all these polls, predominantly in blue states and in blue counties. And they're just amazed that there's no lines. And they're like, well, what's going on? And then all these uh, red states have long lines at the polls. And a lot of Democrats voted early, and a lot of Republicans waited to have their, you know, their vote in person. Um, but in Pennsylvania, certified poll watchers are being turned away from uh, going in. And so, you know, when things like this happen, I mean, I have I have believed, and I know it's kind of dangerous on both sides because both sides are speculating that the other one is going to steal the election. And I, and I understand that's dangerous rhetoric, but we have to be careful and we can't be naive and, and, uh, and be diligent in making sure that we monitor this election and make sure it's as fair as it can be. So we have a lot of volunteers out there that have volunteered to be poll watchers. And at specific um, precincts that I'm sure Democrats feel that there's, you know, specific precincts they need to watch and Republicans feel like there's specific ones that they need to watch as well. So in Pennsylvania, these poll watchers go out this morning all over the city and uh, in multiple places and they're being turned away uh, in Philadelphia Um, in not just one, but multiple different uh, precincts in Philadelphia. These poll watchers are being turned away. So this this type of activity of denying uh, someone who's certified to make sure the election is taking, uh, being done fairly and uh, that there's no cheating or um, anything taking place of that nature really is what lays suspicion for Americans not to be able to trust in this election. And then you have Nancy Pelosi, who came out last night and said she's ready. She's ready to, for the House to make the deciding decision on who's going to be president. And so what circumstances does that happen under? Um, and so it's, I, I kind of looked up last night, and Brian, do you know anything on this, on what allows the Speaker of the House and the House to? Uh, yeah. So if both end up at the 269, I think is what it is, you have to get over 270. That's one area in which the House would step in and uh, and make the deciding factor. The other is if you have multiple states who can't certify their election results. So therefore it throws, uh, originally this happened because you had multiple people uh, running an election and the top one took um, the first spot, the president, and the second one took the vice president spot. Now we've changed that. Now we run as a president, vice president team. And it's usually two main parties. Um, but if you had three three significant parties and one and it failed to reach the majority of the two seventy, then the House could step in and decide that. The other um, way it can happen is if you have multiple states that aren't able to verify the election results. So if you have some big states like uh, Pennsylvania, uh, not uh, Pennsylvania, not being able to verify because of whatever um, contested election results or. Uh, then, again, that takes away from being able to achieve that 270 um, maximum that you, or minimum that you need in order, order to win the Electoral College. So votes. So anyway, Nancy Pelosi is ready and, and willing to step in, and we all know how that would turn out if Nancy is the one that is going to decide this election. So again, 
everyone, do not take your vote for granted. Just because we live in Utah or you may live in a conservative state, it's not important to vote. It's so important to get the majority of the popular vote out there, too. So the disputing of this election is not... Uh, able to take place. I mean, if Trump wins or comes really close to winning the popular vote, then I think we have a lot more battleground to be able to hold on to this presidency. Um, I have a lot of hope out there watching how hard President Trump has worked in these last months, especially right after coronavirus, that he's going to win this election. Uh, But we have to do our part. We need to call our family and friends, remind them to vote, our neighbors. Put out on Facebook, please vote, and please encourage people to vote for our great president. So we're going to be back in a few minutes and talk more about this election coming up today. Sebastian Gorka here. Maybe you've been hearing about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that helps a person's body deal with inflammation and pain. You've heard all the wonderful testimonials. Well, I have my own testimonial. For many years, my lower back pain was becoming a serious problem. The short story is, I finally gave it a try, and now I'm out of pain too. So if you're in pain, you can order the three-week quick start for just $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com. Hi, this is Dennis Prager, and we just launched a new PragerTopia membership called PragerTopia Unlimited. Members can listen to any and all audio programs that are in the Dennis Prager store. That's over 400 programs to choose from, show segments, talks, lectures, courses, even full access to all five books of my Torah teaching. For a limited time, an annual PragerTopia Unlimited membership is only $119. Join PragerTopia Unlimited today. Go to PragerTopia.com. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand and you care about your credit, call Consolidated Credit now. If the interest rates on your credit cards are so high, it'll take years to get out of debt. Call Consolidated Credit now. They've helped over 6 million people with credit card debt. Without destroying your credit, they can consolidate your debts into one lower payment, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. The program works. Call Consolidated Credit now. Call 800-406-0046-800-406-0046. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services, Inc., 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33313. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation, Maryland DM 1492, Oregon DM 80092. Licensed by the Virginia State Corporation, Commission License Number DC 83. Service may adversely affect an individual's credit. Non-payment of debt may lead to additional finance charges or collections activity, including legal action, not a loan company. With a recession ending, if you've been putting off building your business, now is the time to act. General Steel will meet or beat any price on a pre-engineered steel building of the same size and specifications. Act now before steel prices go up. So call us today for free information. Call 800-965-1290. Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-215-5141. 800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141. Welcome back to the Trump Tater. I almost forgot my my minute for my moron Mitt Romney, but uh, <laughs> it's not really. It's it, it's it's more on Mitt Romney's best friend and buddy Spencer Cox. So I'll have to get back to the little screenshot I took earlier. Um, so Spencer Cox is like the most woke future governor of Utah that uh, we've ever had. So 
Anyway, so this is his tweet this morning from our lovely Spencer Cox. Big day for our country tomorrow. Win or lose, we are Americans first. And Republicans slash Democrats second. Maybe ninth. Maybe 83rd. Yes, I like 83rd. Let's show the world that the ideal that is America lives and breathes in each of us. Remember, we are one nation under God and indivisible. Seems like maybe an inspirational thought. And, uh, but what gets me, because I know Spencer Cox, I don't know Spencer Cox, I just watch him and I don't like him, Um, but it's this Republican slash Democrat. I mean, he has shied away from being really the Republican nominee for the state of Utah um, in the things that he has said, the things he posts, everything else. He's trying to be this... um, I would like to say gender neutral, but I'm party neutral uh, president. I mean, a governor. Ooh, that's a bad thought. But this party neutral governor. Uh, so is he really going to represent? And I'm okay, you know, with someone reaching out on both sides of the aisle. I get that, that it's important that uh, we bring our country together and bring our state together. Uh, it's just, I don't know, the fact that uh, Spencer Cox again, never has supported, never will support our president, and um, and just continues to act like he's this unifier. But uh, the reality is the Republican Party in Utah is divided. You have two different camps moving forward right now. You have the Mitt Romney slash Spencer Cox, Cox direction, and you have the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> which would be more the Greg Hughes, the Mike Lee, and I'm going to throw Governor, uh, former Governor John Huntsman into that crowd uh, <clears throat> that don't. Um, so, again, it's it, it's tough because we are becoming a divided party in Utah, and, I, and we have been for some time. It started out with the SB 54 and undoing of the, the caucus system which I believe is really just an incredible political system. It definitely represents our republic versus this uh, straight democracy that you have when you have just a straight primary vote because you have very informed people making those decisions uh, of which candidates to put forth, and everyone has the opportunity to run for and be a representative to their neighborhood, to their city on being able to go out there and really get to know the candidates and question them, get to know their personalities, their commitment to the community, and where they stand on issues. So I I just find it sad that we're about to, um, the direction that we're headed is going to undo our caucus system, which people just take for granted and don't understand how incredible of a system it is. So anyway, that's my uh, Spencer Cox moment is that you know, he feels that party is not important at all. And it's certainly not. I mean, we're all Americans first, and I definitely agree with that. But uh, to not believe your political ideology should take a a prominent stance in the people that were elected is kind of naive. And so anyway, that's that's my Spencer Cox moment of the day. Sorry to ramble, but again, as you go out there and vote, if you're from here in Utah, uh, remember that there's plenty of write-in candidates that you have. Christina Conlon, you have um, you have the Libertarian candidate, you have several other options, or you can just vote, not vote for anyone, or you can throw your vote for Peterson if you want, because I'd much rather have four years of Peterson than 12 to 16 years of of Spencer Cox. But uh, anyway, let's just make sure he wins. If he does win with a minimal uh, amount of votes. That way he does not feel he has any type of mandate as he moves into this office. Um, I hate being negative, (laughs) but it's just how I feel on Spencer Cox right now. So, again, for those of you who have not watched him, um, he does say some things that seem to be unifying, and and I can appreciate that. I just kind of know where he's coming from because in 2016, when our great President Trump uh, had the nomination, Spencer Cox put out the nastiest, meanest tweets ever on the character of our president. He did not support him as our party nominee in 2016, and I have no doubt that he's not going to support him or vote for him this year as well. So anyway, sorry to on my little 
ramp there, rampage there on Spencer Cox, but uh, a governor governor's races are important, and uh, this being able this SB fifty four just showed us what can happen um, when you have people who can buy onto the election by getting signatures, and you end up having four candidates run, and you have no runoff. And then you end up with someone that got 35% of the Republican vote and is now going to be our Republican nominee uh, for governor of Utah. And a lot of that 35% were crossover Democrat votes. But uh, anyway, okay, I am keep going on. It just, as you can tell, I'm, <laughs> pretty, I'm pretty passionate on that. So uh, going back to the hope at the end of obama's presence here sometime in, like in the last year or two he he would make these comments about these manufacturing jobs and how they ain't coming back and that we have this new norm that we're supposed to look for in america because we're not going to be the greatness that we once were i mean those were words that definitely offered zero hope in um in the future of where we were going is that that our that our kids probably wouldn't have the things that we had moving forward and that uh, scaling back the expectations of Americans versus Trump that came in again with such hope of where America could be that could be great again that can remain great could remain an influence in the world and um, the manufacturing jobs could come back. And I think everybody remembers Obama's little um, comment, well, what is he going to do, wave this magic wand? Well, lo and behold, Trump is a musician, uh, not a, a magician, okay. And he did wave his magic wand, and we did bring back 500,000 manufacturing jobs to the United States and revive the economies in states that were so in desperate need of good jobs to people who had lost hope. And uh, so I, I was thinking today, uh, what are we going to do if by some chance Trump doesn't win? And uh, so we have to be careful that we don't lose hope, that we don't allow ourselves to become in despair because there's so many people who have been living in despair for so long that need us to maintain our hope and our vision of what we believe our country can and should be. But I mean, I, I really feel Trump's going to win today, but if something happens and he doesn't win, um, I'd just like to encourage anyone who may be listening to this podcast to, to have a commitment in your heart today that no matter what happens, you're going to maintain the hope of what you believe America is and should be and will be in the future again. Because if we don't maintain that hope, uh, we're not going to be able to accomplish that dream. Again, I believe that Trump is going to, to win today, but even if he wins today, we have now in our education system and in our youth this idea that somehow socialism is the direction we should go. And so if we don't fight hard and maintain that hope, that eventually we are going to end up end up in that uh, going that direction because we have to change the hearts and minds of of so many in America uh, on capitalism as flawed as it might be as the best economic system in the world and that the Republican which we live in in America even with our flawed history is the greatest experience experiment that has happened in our world to date. And uh, we have to maintain that hope that we can maintain America. And if we happen to lose this election, that we're going to continue fighting and continue being hopeful. So anyway, we're going to be back on the Trump Tater in just a minute. Radio News with Lance Pride. We've all envisioned Election Day 2020. With all the information being thrown about by both presidential candidates, America will now have the final answer. If you haven't already done so, get out and do your civic duty as today is the day. Join USA Radio News Tim Berg as he heads up our panel of experts election night, 8 p.m. Eastern, right here on USA Radio News. 
It took only 24 hours for Etta to go from tropical storm to a Category 4 hurricane and is likely to reach Category 5 as it approaches Nicaragua. Current sustained winds are nearing 150 miles an hour. Flooding, landslides, and nearly three feet of rain in portions of Central America can be expected through the week before the projection of Hurricane Etta moves back into the Caribbean, making a U-turn through Guatemala and Belize. USA Radio News. If your credit card bills have gotten out of hand and you care about your credit, call Consolidated Credit now. If the interest rates on your credit cards are so high, it'll take years to get out of debt. Call Consolidated Credit now. They've helped over 6 million people with credit card debt. Without destroying your credit, they can consolidate your debts into one lower payment, reduce your interest rates, and get you out of debt fast. The program works. Call Consolidated Credit now. Call 800-406-0046. 800-406-0046. That's 800-406-0046. Consolidated Credit Counseling Services, Inc. 5701 West Sunrise Boulevard, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33313. Licensed by the New York Department of Financial Services and by the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation. Maryland DM 1492. Oregon DM 80092. Licensed by the Virginia State Corporation. Commission license number DC83. Service may adversely affect an individual's credit. Non-payment of debt may lead to additional finance charges or collections activity, including legal action, not a loan company. Today is the general election for America 2020. I chose Western Pennsylvania for my first stop as a candidate and now for my last stop before Election Day because you represent the backbone of this country. Hard-working families. We win Pennsylvania, we win the whole deal. He's all- I'm a man from Scranton. I'm from, he left at nine years old. And Biden's plan to ban fracking is an economic death sentence for Pennsylvania. Biden's energy shutdown will wipe out your jobs, decimate your towns, eliminate your factories, and send your state into a nightmare of crippling poverty. Polls will close at different times in different states. The earliest is Indiana and Kentucky. They will close at 6 p.m. local time. The latest is Iowa, New York, and North Dakota as they close at 9 p.m. local time. Be sure to join Team USA Radio News for our election results broadcast tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern on USA Radio News. Welcome back to the Trump Tater. A lot more to discuss today. I'm kind of sorry if I'm bouncing all over the place. There's just uh, so many different stories that are out there. Uh, One of my favorite hoaxes, I shouldn't say one of my favorite hoaxes, one of the most uh, disturbing hoaxes is the Charlottesville hoax of what President Trump did or did not say about very fine people on both sides in Charlottesville. So this has been disproved time and time again, yet Joe Biden decides on the last night of the election, or election eve, that he would again throw out this Charlottesville hoax still. And uh, so through his mask and his bullhorn as he talks to his audience of 25 people, he uh, talks about uh, Charlottesville. He says there was a peaceful protest. Uh, Oh, he was talking about um, both for and against the statue, against racism. But there were also violent crashes between the far-right extremists and the far-left extremists. One neo-Nazi murdered a peaceful protester named Heather Heyer when he drove into the procession. So it's talking about Trump, what Trump was saying. And then Biden went on to talk about when we saw those um, white supremacists with their torches, that's when we decided we had, okay, I'm going to quote it exactly. When we saw those folks come out of those fields down in Charlottesville carrying those torches, that's when we decided we had to run. Biden did not specifically repeat the claim that he's made throughout the campaign into the last few weeks, which is President Trump had called right-wing extremists very fine people. In fact, Trump had said the neo-Nazis and white supremacists should that they should be con- totally condemned and have no place in America. But he, he led on in this final uh, campaign rally, if you can call it that, uh, again, this hoax about Charlottesville. And for those who have not listened to the Trump Tater podcast for since we've been on, I want to just talk again about um, a cause that I had fought 21 years ago and continue to to fight today is the taking down of the Confederate battle flag. 21 years ago, I lived in South Carolina. I was a young mother of three kids, and the whole election had been based on 
pretty much the Confederate battle flag. Governor Beasley, who was a Republican governor, had decided that uh, the battle flag should come down. Now, you have to understand, this battle flag flew in sovereign locations. It flew on the South Carolina State Dome in the House and the Senate chambers as a third and non-sovereign flag. And uh, so it, it was impacting. You had companies like uh, BMW and Michelin Tire Company and others who um, I think economically put some pressure on Governor Beasley, but I think also Governor Beasley just believed it was the right thing to do. And so he attempted to take the Confederate battle flag down. Republican governor, just a reminder there, and uh, he ended up losing his second bid for uh, term for office by doing that. And uh, so I decided as this young mother I would go out there and contribute my help uh, to taking down the Confederate battle flag off the dome and now the House and Senate chambers. I was a Republican and conservative, so I went to the NAACP and uh, said, hey, I want to help. I went four times. Hey, I want to help. Never called me back. I finally uh, met with the head of the NAACP uh, at that time when I went in the fourth time, and he said, well, there's no effort going on right now. I thought, how could there be no effort going on? Well, fast forward, long story sh- try to combine it in just a minute here is that Governor Hodges the Democrat governor had made secret deals with flag supporting groups like the CCC and other flag groups that he wasn't going to take down the Confederate battle flag if he was elected and he assured them that the Confederate battle flag would be safe and he also made deals with the NAACP and other um, black legislators at the time that they wouldn't bring it up his first term in office And uh, so as I go out there and I'm trying to figure out what's going on, I approach uh, Bishop John Hurst Adams. He's an AME minister um, there in South Carolina. And I said, hey, I've been trying to do this. And he said, well, let me check in to find out what's going on because there should be something going on. Well, he came back to me and told me about these deals that had been made uh, with the NAACP and the black legislatures. And so we started a group called Two Flags in 2000. And... um, for only the sovereign flags of South Carolina and the United States should fly in official capacity. Uh, we ended up having the largest civil rights rally in, since, since the civil rights era in the 1960s. We had like 70,000 people come out. And anyway, we brought together Republicans and Democrats, uh, church leaders, business leaders, and this was a united effort. The NAACP ended up jumping in midway uh, through this effort, but uh, we brought it down, and unfortunately, a bad compromise was made. The Confederate battle flag went on uh, the Confederate monument, and that's what the issue was about five years ago. So I'm saying this because I lobbied every single House and Senate member in South Carolina, and I grew to understand a lot about who they were and what they stood for. And definitely, there were some racist among them. I'm not going to question that, but same percentage of if you took out black legislators out of the Democratic Party, which have to make up 60%, um, but if you look at just the white legislators, the same percent of white legislators, Democrat and Republican, wanted that flag to come down or stay up, however you want to look at that. And uh, so this was not, quote, a Republican, you know, issue. This, uh, there was just as many Republicans, percentage-wise, that wanted the flag to come down. But at the same time, and they understood when I presented the the information, because I spent several um, months at the library studying these issues because nobody had the historical uh, data. When I went and I asked people, you know, when the flag started flying, what's the effort been to bring it down? So just so people understand, um, as I'm not, I'm not condemning everyone who who flies the Confederate flag that they're doing so in racist intentions. I'm just stating my opinion. The Confederate flag started flying with the Dixiecrat Party under Strom Thurmond. Um, Strom Thurmond is a really, that, that, that would be a whole podcast in itself because uh, he fell in love with uh, uh, a black uh, woman and uh, actually had a child with her that nobody was aware of. Mm-hmm. And then he became this anti-segregationist. Uh, I mean, he was or he, pro-segregationist. I mean, he did wanted everything separate. And I think part of that was out of this, this fear because he realized himself that he, you know, 
if you can't fall in love with and you can't uh, have a relationship with someone, then we should keep everybody separate. And so we didn't find this out about Strom Thurmond until after he died that he had this father. But he actually contributed much to this child's life and had a very good relationship, even though it was kept out of... um, out of the media uh, attention, which I don't know how it managed to keep out of the media attention for so long. So anyway, going off on a tangent here, because there's a lot of history here. Um, Most people who fought in the Civil War were fighting um, for what they believed were states' rights. And not saying the war wasn't over slavery, because it definitely was, but they believed that they were fighting for states' rights. And they, their, their family did not own slaves. And so it's really a mixed bags, a bag of goods here. And so when President Trump said there were good and fine people on both sides, I've met some of those fine people. And we really need to have a national discussion on this because that's really where uh, we've got to have some understanding and put things in perspective and be able to connect to people on a, a personal Basis. So that's what I've been trying to do with my outreach. Uh, I'm trying to understand and reach out to our fellow Americans that uh, are in the black community, uh, black Americans. I shouldn't say black community. There are definitely some communities are predominantly black, but black Americans um, on understanding what they go through. So, again, going back to this hope and faith and charity, uh, I hope that after this election, no matter whether we win or lose, that we can have charity and try to understand and try to find ways to bring Americans together, to try to look at these situations that people have lived in in great despair and try to find real solutions for it. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, our hands are somewhat limited because a lot of these places are Democratic-controlled cities and states, but I still believe that we can have influence there and that we can be that uh, that hope that gives hope to Americans that have been living in despair for a long time and, uh, and show that through educational choice and other things that are out there, conservative, conservative solutions, that we can bring some hope to them in their lives. So anyway, regardless of how this election goes, I hope that we, we are at the point in our lives that we can have charity and that we can try to bring hope to the Americans who are without hope and that we can work together because we do have a great nation, and it's not just an ideal. It is something that uh, has materialized into an incredible country. And so anyway, um, so much to talk about today, but again, this has been my lifelong passion on race relations and um, and trying to change the vote in the black American community from that 10% Republican and 90% Democrat to something along 40, 60%, because this is how we're going to change America and change our political environment is by bringing people uh, into the Republican Party, getting to know their problems that they're facing in their lives and finding real solutions so that we can bring that hope back to all Americans. And we'll be back with the Trump Tater in just a minute. Mortgage Corp. DBA Cash Call Mortgage. NMLS ID 128231. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer not available in Washington. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. You see it on TV every day. Global turmoil. But these international events help keep interest rates low and may even drive them lower. In response, we at Cash Call Mortgage have lowered our interest rates for the new year. And that's great news for homeowners. If you have a current rate above 2.99%, Call us to see how much you can save. If you qualify, we'll even pay your closing costs. And we can close your refi in as fast as 20 days with no upfront deposit. With our low interest rates and no closing costs if you qualify, there's never been a better time to lock in a low rate before it's gone. For a free quote, go to CashCallMortgage.com or call 800-299-1364. That's 800-299-1364. 800-299-1364. The healthcare enrollment period has just ended. 
Did you miss it? Don't go a whole year without having a health care program. Sign up for Liberty Health Share today. As a Christian health care sharing ministry, they are not insurance. So you can still sign up. There's no open enrollment period. You can sign up now. And you can pick the program of your choice. You get to select your doctors and your hospital. They have programs for single individuals, for couples, and families. Best of all, there are no contracts. And plans start at only $199 per month. Go to libertyhealthshare.org backslash Joe Carey. That's LibertyHealthShare.org backslash Joe Carey, K-E-R-R-Y. With a recession ending, if you've been putting off building your business, now is the time to act. General Steel will meet or beat any price on a pre-engineered steel building of the same size and specifications. Act now before steel prices go up. So call us today for free information. Call 800-965-1290. Hi, this is Stan Ellsworth. You know, I know a little bit about history. I mean, me and that Harley and all. But social media, well, that's a mystery to me. So I turned to the good folks at Little Cloud. They helped me develop my social media. They call it an online footprint. I'm a pretty big guy. Little Cloud, they've created a pretty big online presence for me. Let them help you. Visit their website. Visit my friends at littlecloudmedia.com. Welcome back to the Trump Tater. I just want to clarify, I kind of got went off on my tangent there, but uh, I was talking about when the Confederate flags started flying in the South, specifically South Carolina. Uh, the flag went up in the State House chambers in 1939 in direct opposition to an anti-lynching bill on a federal level. And we have actually just now passed in 2020 an anti-lynching bill. So that tells you how long that took. So that was 1939 that that was a protest for. So in 1956, the flag went up in the State House Senate chambers in direct opposition in the 1954 Brown v. Board of Education. Uh, Georgia also changed their state flag to incorporate the Confederate battle flag into it in 1956 in direct opposition to Brown v. Board of Education. In 1961, the Confederate bag, battle flag started flying on the on the State House dome in South Carolina. So as you can see, these were not historical uh, flying of the Confederate battle flag. Mississippi is the only state that has been flying since the Civil War, if you wanted to put it in historical perspective. The intentions and reasons the flag started flying in South Carolina were definitively racist, uh, were oppressive in their nature. So... Regardless of how you feel about the Confederate battle flag itself, understand that the reasons it started flying in official locations were not uh, virtuous reasons. Uh, So on to President Trump being the absolute greatest president to reach out and to do things for black Americans. I just... uh, little pump. I've been talking about a little bit about all these rap stars that all of a sudden are coming out, but little pump actually got out on the stage last night in Pennsylvania uh, with Trump and uh, endorsed him. And he's even photoshopped a picture of him at the White House shaking hands with Trump. And he's been all over his social media. Uh, this is influential, and it's going to make a difference. Uh, Ice Cube, as we know, was set down with President Trump to discuss the platinum plan and then his uh, liberal white ex-girlfriend, uh, Chelsea Handler, had to remind Ice Cube that he was black and uh, that he's not allowed to have thoughts that aren't his own. Uh, unfortunately, Ice Cube, uh, for whatever motivation, kind of backtracked on that. But then Saturday Night Live um, had a little skit, and it was kind of mocking Ice Cube. So basically, he's came out again today quite upset uh, about this skit that uh, kind of mocked him. But we see um, Little Wayne, that's somebody I think I mentioned yesterday, but Little Wayne's story is quite unique. Little Wayne has always said that uh, he has not felt racism in his life. When he was like 14 years old, he was definitely hanging around some of the wrong crowd. And uh, he found himself at a, at a uh, party or a, 
I don't know if you would even call it a party, but in a house full of people that were definitely not doing the right things. And he was shot. And uh, all of the so-called friends left him there to die. And it was a police officer that took little Wayne and took him to the hospital. And he followed up and he made sure uh, little Wayne was okay. And he became kind of a role model in little Wayne's life. And so little Wayne has came out in full support of President Trump, uh, Kanye West. I mean, the list goes on. So we're seeing a definitive change in black culture, pop culture, that tends to be heading to, um, as Kanye West has done, he's taken all his music to a spiritual level and uh, has connected with Christ. And so I I see this cultural shift happening when you see these um, icons in the music industry starting to shift their voting and, and starting to be courageous and come out and support Trump. And uh, again, I, you know, everybody may not agree with me, but it has been my belief for some time that uh, the most important thing that the Republican Party can do is to shift the demographics of our party. And it's starting to happen because we need representation and uh, of all people. We need to be rubbing shoulders with one another and understanding what uh, everyone's going through to find real solutions to help people in their life. So anyway, I just wanted to, again, throw that out there that I see this culture change shifting, and I think it just scares the Democratic Party uh, to death because they've been able to have this stronghold on uh, black Americans for so long. And again, as Joe Biden shook his finger at Charlemagne the God on the Breakfast Club on May 22nd, the reason that's important, May 22nd, because we all know what happened on May 25th, and that's that uh, George Floyd was killed. But on May 22nd is when Charlemagne the God had Joe Biden on. Joe Biden cut the program short. Um, 10 minutes, 12 minutes into the conversation. And when Charlemagne the God said he needed to come back on, there was 120 days before the election, and they had a lot more questions to ask Joe Biden. Joe Biden said, hey, if you even have to think about voting for me, you ain't black. And um, such a degrading uh, way to address someone that simply wanted to have him back on the program to ask more questions. Then Joe Biden goes on into uh, further dialogue a week or two later, talking about how blacks have no diversity of thought, unlike Latinos that are very diverse in their thought process. Uh, so just one one after another, the, the black vote has historically been taken for granted, uh, used as pawns. And when I brought up the, the 22nd um, being this... Um, interview on the breakfast club and and joe biden making this horrific statement and the 25th being when george floyd passed uh was killed and um the reason that's important is because all americans supported george floyd in that they saw what happened to him regardless of his criminal history or anything else when you're taken into police custody it's it's the police's responsibility to protect your safety and but and there's a lot of other things that have came out since then. But at that time, when Americans saw that video, I think we all agreed that that was wrong. And so then we wonder why all of a sudden are these cities burning? Well, the cities were burning because the black American vote was starting to shift. And they had and they used black Americans as pawns and this racial divide to divide America. We can't allow that to happen. We can't allow our country to be used as pawns in dividing us on racial lines. And that, again, is why it's important that no matter how this election turns out, that each of us do our part in trying to understand um, each other and trying to have conversations with those that may be a little that are have different perspectives than we do maybe face something different in their lives than we face so i'm going to kind of wrap up if i can find this again a quote that i shared the other day from martin luther king jr um, on why we fear each other and what we can do to um to come together and so here, here's the quote again. He says, I'm convinced that men hate each other because they fear each other. They fear each other because they do not know each other. They do not know each other because they don't communicate with each other. And they do not communicate with each other because they are separated from one another. Let's not let people separate us as Americans based on race, based on economic status. Let's make sure that we're always trying to make connections to understand 
um, our fellow Americans what they're going through in their lives and finding solutions that would give hope to all Americans. Uh, I, I, the Platinum Plan is a beautiful plan that's come together because it's really focusing on entrepreneurship. Uh, if, if more black Americans um, are successful entrepreneurs, and there's been a lot. I mean, it's not like there's not a lot of successful entrepreneurs out there in the black community because there are. But proportionate population, uh, we need a lot more success. And I, I tried to, to help... Uh, black business owners as much as I can because I do believe it's really important that all Americans enjoy uh, the American dream and that's what I again I just love about Trump is he does not believe he does not have a scarcity mentality he does not believe that if he's if someone else succeeds that prohibits him from succeeding he believes that we're all capable of finding great success in our lives and that also if he elevates America and America is successful we lift the world up around us, and uh, we have made great inroads on uh, on solving the world hunger prob- problem in the last 30 years. So again, as America is at its best and its greatest, we uplift the entire world around us. Uh, so, you know, when we have this America First agenda, it's not a selfish agenda. Uh, just like you put your family first, you need to put yourself and your health and your physical and spiritual well-being first. That's not a selfish thing. So in, in the same as putting your family first. Now, it can be selfish, but if you're doing it to be strong so you can be a great influence in your community, uh, in your state, in your country, um, again, I, I, I just love the hope and the energy and the enthusiasm and the optimism President Trump has for our country and where we're capable of going. Uh, so please get out and vote today if you haven't voted already. And no matter how this election turns out, remember we can all be Trump-taters, someone who outclasses, outshines, and outperforms, defeats someone or something, dependable and exemplary people. We'll be back tomorrow on the Trump-tater. I was told I have five more seconds. Again, please get out and vote. Remember you're a Trump-tater and go out and defeat Joe Biden. Thank you.